The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, and so glad you're with us. We've got a lot of things we want to cover during this particular hour. We've got some mystery hot water in a home, the, the one area that has hot water and it shouldn't. What's happening? We're going to try to figure that out as well. Also, this is a great time of the year to drain the water heater, but why do you need to drain the water heater? We'll tell you all about it. We'll tell you how simple it is, and I think you'll be encouraged to do that task pretty soon. Also, uh, Chelsea will be checking in with us in just a little bit on her oh, new great. project. We haven't talked to her in a while. I, I know, certainly have. So we're oh, glad good. to have Chelsea on board. Of course, emails and a simple solution coming up in a bit, Joe. We do. And this has to, I, I thought I'd come up, since it's holiday season, I'd come up with one that it's for the kitchen. It's a simple solution that you can use in the kitchen for um, when you're working from a recipe card. Like this time of year, you're often making things you don't mm-hmm. make all the time. Uh-huh. So you have to pull out your recipe card or magazine article or whatever. And this is just a way to display that in the kitchen while you're working and using that recipe. Oh, that sounds great. You know, I have a, I just found a little box. I, I knew it was somewhere, but I just came across it recently that has that? all of my mother's recipes. Really? Yeah, oh, that's great. I mean, all of them, you know, little cards, little um, newspaper clippings. It must be a hundred of them in there. So wow. I, I just set it aside. I want to go back through and see if I can remember some of the things. You know, oh, I'm sure. You know, some I meals. mean, they're very, yeah. very simple meals and simple desserts, but uh might even try to uh, bring back a few of those during the oh, Christmas holidays there. <laughs> hey, we uh, did get a lot of emails, and um, we appreciate that. You can send one at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. And we've got a lot of calls this week on the Today's Homeowner Hotline, 800-946-4420. We're going to jump on the hotline and take a few of those calls right now. Yes, good morning. I heard that you knew how to fix mold in the bathroom. I have some moldy spots on the um, grout, and I heard that you used peroxide, and I forgot the other part. So I need to know what else I need to mix in a, a paste and get my toothbrush out and start scrubbing. <laughs> All right. I, I like the way she starts that. I heard you know how to, like, Danny's keeping secrets. Somebody in the supermarket told me that Danny yeah, Lipford knows how to remove mold. We are the mold killer. Yes, we are. <laughs> but it's a secret. No, not at all. We, it's You know, it's all about moisture, you know. I mean, you have to get yep. rid of that moisture. You have to have an exhaust fan. That exhaust fan has to go to the outside, not just in the attic. And you have to use it, not just while you're taking a shower, but at least 10 minutes minutes after you get out of the shower to really get rid of I mean, you might not even think it's there, but I guarantee you it is. And that will pretty much um, eliminate any mold or mildew. But, but Joe, if she has some down in her grout, and yes, peroxide is one way to go, but tell right. her the rest of, rest of the story there. And oh yeah, by the way, don't use your own toothbrush. Use an old toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, use okay? Danny's. That's what I do. I use Danny's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there certainly are uh, 
um, commercial products that work really well. Zep has one, Z-E-P, Tilex is another one. Just make sure there's some that are grout cleaners are just clean grout. There's some that are grout cleaner that can get rid of mold and mildew. So those are the ones you want. But if you want to make a homemade one, if you want to use hydrogen peroxide, you can certainly try that. And I would just use it straight. But there are three other quick ones. I can give you three other quick recipes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mix three parts baking soda, one part water to form a paste, smear it on the grout, wait, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever, then scrub it off with uh, plain water. Um, you can also try mixing uh, water, three parts water, one part oxygen bleach. And oxygen bleach typically comes in a powder, so you want to use hot water or warm water so that it dissolves. And do the same thing, brush it on, you know, let it sit for a while and scrub it off. And you can also um, fill a spray bottle, one part white vinegar, one part water, and uh, spray it on, wait five or 10 minutes, spray it on again, then scrub it with a stiff bristle brush or toothbrush, nylon brush or toothbrush, then clean with clear water. You always want to clear up clean water. Now, Danny mentioned that moisture is a problem, what causes this mold. So as soon as you get it really clean, seal it. Get some clear silicone sealer and seal it. Otherwise, you're going to, I mean, that won't stop it entirely, but it'll certainly delay any mold growth for many, many months. Yeah, we'd strongly recommend that because grout is very absorbent. It's going to hold water yep. in there and it will form mold or mildew. So want to make sure you seal it up good. Let's go to the hotline for another call. Hi, Danny. This is Michelle in Illinois, and I have a quick question, and I love your show. I listen to it every Saturday morning. Um, we have a cracked concrete driveway. We're really not wanting to um, put the extra money in that, if at all possible. We were just wondering if you had any solutions on it's not, um, it's more of a cosmetic cracking than actual um, foundational or any issues. But I don't know if you had a product or anything that you recommended to maybe just coat the driveway in the upper parking area to give our house a little more freshened up. We've remodeled the outside, and now the driveway is looking much worse than it did before. So thank you so much. We um, really enjoy your show. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Well, thank you very much. She Michelle. described exactly what this product does that Dana's oh, going to yeah, share absolutely. with you right now. She did a really absolutely. good job. Absolutely. And you were asking for a recommendation on a product. And certainly this is one that we have used many times. And it's pretty darn good and perfect for what you need. And it's called Recap, R-E-C-A-P, Recap from Quickrete. Um, they formulated this to actually, if you do, if you go by the directions, you can put a skim coat over your entire driveway. It'll look brand brand new, and also it'll actually be stronger than your original driveway. So I would recommend that, and you can go online at uh, quickcrete.com or todayshomeowner.com and see videos of this being applied, and uh, it's available right now at your um, local Home Depot store, so you can try that out. Let's go back to the hotline for one more call. Hey, Danny. Uh, This is Dave in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I was excited when I figured this tip out. Not too profound, but again, I was excited. I've got a 30-year-old big redwood deck, solid 2x6, 12-foot redwood pieces, badly weathered on the top. And my wife said, well, just get a new deck. And I'm thinking, you can't even replace redwood. <laughs> and then it occurred to me, I just turned the deck upside down. You just flip the boards over, including the built-in seats and stuff. You got a fresh side to work with. So uh, flip the deck. That's almost like a new deck. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. 
All right, there you that go. Sounds Dave. like the name of your next TV show, Danny. Flip yeah, the deck. Flip the deck. We don't. We don't know if he's a gambler working at a casino <laughs> or what. Well, Dave, we appreciate you bringing this to everybody's attention, and this is also something to use this as an example. A great thing for you to do if you have an idea, a tip, or something that's worked well for that's you. Right. Then go to the hotline. Uh, send us an email. Anything like that's really good. But what Dave's talking about is is, is very viable. That so many times you'll see a deck and it just looks bad and actually all you have to do is of course you want to make sure it still has good integrity that it's not rotten all the way through and you carefully lift those boards up you can actually use a two by four or two by six and kind of pry them up real carefully of course if they have screws take the screws out and you know it's the best way to go on that if it's nails you'll have to pry them out then carefully remove all of that, turn it right over, put it right back down, and you're in good shape. Well, I've done this many times with yeah. pressure-treated wood, and I'm sure it'll work just as well on a redwood deck. Oh, certainly. And redwood is, you know, shows you how weather-resistant redwood is, and he's had it there for 30 years. That's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, you just flip it over, and if it's nailed down, you'd have to pull out those nails, and you're going to have to get a cat's paw or something like that, and it's going to mess up the top of the board, but it doesn't matter because it's not going to be the bottom of the board once you flip it over. And if you line them up just right, the joists, you'll, you'll see little marks where the joists uh-huh. are mm-hmm. because, you know, they were not have not been exposed to the weather, so they're going to be visible. But when you flip it over, you know, those marks will, if you line them up with the joists and you use the same screw holes, you're going to have to refinish the deck at this point anyway. So you just, those should come right out, sand, lightly sand or use a deck brightener. And then, of course, You'll let it dry and then put on at least a clear wood preservative, if not a, pre- a, a semi-transparent deck stand. That's right. And when you're doing that sanding, you want to go with the grain of the wood. And as Joe Absolutely, mentioned, it, yeah. it's not going to take much in order to get it ready for that stain. And, and, and again, semi-transparent stain, very easy, one coat, and it'll make it look a lot better for a lot longer. And certainly it'll make it last a lot longer. So uh, there you go, uh, Dave. We, we appreciate that great tip. And again, I would encourage you, if you have one, um, give us a call at 800-946-4420. Let us know the tip and we'll share it with everybody all across the country and you can do that by email as well today's homeowner.com slash ask we're going to take a short break when we come back we'll tell you about a brand new wet dry vac that's available right now at home depot you're listening to today's homeowner radio Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment, brought to you by the Home Depot, how doers get more done. You know, when you need a really good wet-dry vacuum, there isn't always an outlet nearby. So Ryobi's new 18-volt, one-plus cordless wet-dry vacuum might be just the solution. It's a compact, lightweight design with a one-gallon tank, and it only weighs seven pounds. It's ideal for cleaning your car, workshop, or just about anything. There's integrated storage to easily organize the five-foot hose and all the accessories. The collapsible hand and flat top design make this Ryobi's most compact and portable wet dry vac ever. And the vacuum is also compatible with the Ryobi Link wall storage system for hassle-free storing and access. So for more information on this Ryobi OnePlus cordless wet dry vac, log on to Home Depot. 
Com. Now it's wet, dry. Does, does it suck up brown gravy? Does it suck up turkey yeah, got, gravy? You know, like turkey gravy and dressing <laughs> if, you, if it spills on the floor. That's right. We want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. It's coming up here in, in just a few days. We hope everybody can get their families together and have just a fantastic, relaxing, um, drama-free type yes. of uh, gathering yes. there. <laughs> hey, let's get right back to the today's Homeowner Hotline. You can join us there at 800-946-4420. Patty's on the line from Massachusetts. Patty, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on at your house. Thank you. Um, for some reason, whenever I run the hot water, even when my thermostat is set to off, my baseboard heaters get hot. Hmm. Well, that's not good. Yeah. No, especially when it's 90 degrees out, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Patty, especially in the summer. <laughs> yeah. So you have a traditional um, boiler then that's um, taking care of your hot water. And, Joe, what's going on there? I mean, that's something that's right down your alley there. Uh, yeah. Is there uh, something has got to be malfunctioning that allowing that hot water to get into the baseboard, even yeah. though Patty has it turned to where it's not requesting that to happen? What do you think? What do you think she should look at? Yeah, Patty, I have a similar situation. I live in Connecticut, and I have a similar situation where I have a boiler, hot water, baseboard, heat, and the boiler creates the hot water for bathing and for heat and for everything else. Um, now, there might be more than one reason that this is happening, but um, one reason that you often have hot water going where it's not supposed to be going is because of faulty check valve. Sometimes they're called flow valves. It's essentially a valve built into the, right into the pipe they cut it into the pipe, and it only allows water to go one way. So if the water tries to go back the other way, it can't. And so when the circulation pump kicks on, it pushes the water, and it goes where it's supposed to go, and it can't run back or can't run to where it's not supposed to be. As I said, I'm not sure if there are other reasons. Only a plumber could tell you that. But I would suspect that the check valve, which is a very easy fix, they just cut it out and put in a new one. Um, uh-huh. And again, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but sometimes they call them flow valves. So if somebody says yeah. flow valve, that, that's the same thing. Um, but that, that's, that would be the very first suspect would be, hopefully it's just one check valve. Yeah. That's well, I, I did have a furnace cleaning this week on Wednesday, and I mentioned right. it to him. Uh-huh. And he, I actually sent your producer a couple pictures of the Yeah, piping. I saw those, yeah. Yeah, and he said that the one on the far right should be before the one in the middle. He said, the because it isn't, far, right. the one um, in the middle is sending right. the heat up through up the stairs through the heaters. And he said that the other one, the, he said they hooked it up wrong. I don't but know. Did this work at true. one point as it, as it's, a, as um, it is assembled now, it, it was working and then. No, I don't think I, I didn't notice it for many years. And then I thought I was losing it, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I had my furnace replaced in 2013 and I believe that's okay. when it started. Um, and it's a hot water tank as well. Right. Well, I mean, again, if it, this, this is a problem that happened recently and it's been arranged in this configurement for, you know, the last 10 years, then obviously it yeah. wasn't hooked up wrong. No, it's been, it's been yeah. happening because I noticed it a while ago and I just tried to like, okay, you know, forget about yeah. it. It's, <laughs> it's well, that would be odd for someone to so. install it the wrong way. I mean, they have arrows on these pointing which direction the flow water go, the water flow yeah, is supposed yeah. to go. Yeah, they were in a big else. hurry. It was the day before Thanksgiving that year and they oh, kind of rushed through everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Didn't bring their own the rag, jumped out my, my, basket of laundry to clean up their mess and <laughs> oh, <laughs> well then you would have to call in a plumber a heating specialist maybe yeah. the same maybe the same company and say well no i don't on. think i'll go with them okay yeah. <laughs> 
But hopefully it's a very simple thing if yeah, they have to reverse yeah. it or yeah. install a new one either way. And uh, I would certainly go ahead and make that call as soon as possible because when it yeah. gets, you know, really cold up there, you're going to have a hard time getting those guys to return your call. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, and the good news, Patty, is it, it is producing hot water because that's usually the question yeah. we get. So the fact yeah, that it's producing it hot water just is sending it in the wrong place is the exactly. issue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was the oddest thing. It's like I had to check that is three, two or three times, yeah, you know, that the heat is off. Why am I heat is hot, you know? Yeah. And you got the air conditioner on trying to compensate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to say as far as we know, you're not losing it. So that's good. That's good. You, you're, <laughs> you're hanging in there. So. Of course, you can't go by Danny. He lost it At a least, couple yeah. of years ago. <laughs> Well, Patty, thanks so much for being with us on the show, and I certainly hope it's a very simple fix so that you don't have to worry about that during the holidays. Well, thank you so much for your help. Okay, our pleasure. And if Danny hadn't lost it, why would he have hired me? So I'm fine with it. <laughs> Maybe that's why. No. That's right. <laughs> hey, we always encourage you to send us an email anytime you wish. You can do so at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. That's what Annie did from Washington. Said, uh, listen to this with Joe. This is kind okay. of funny. While I was out of town, my husband decided to paint the living room. <laughs> and he slopped semi-gloss paint all over the newly stained and varnished door. Of course trim. he did. He slopped it. What can I, how can I remove the paint without refinishing all the trim? Well, when you leave, when you go out of town, take the beer with you and the, and the paintbrush. That's the solution. There you Come go. on now. The husband was trying. He was trying to do the right thing. He didn't run off and go, you know, play golf oh gosh, or go hunting or anything. Yeah, he, was trying, he was trying to be a good husband. He just <laughs> slopped paint all over everything. So, well, Joe, let's assume um, that it's um, a latex paint. Yeah, I'm and, sure And, of is, course, yeah. you know, if it's on a stain and varnished surface, you have, you know, a scrubbable surface there. That's right. It sounds like they need to get out the old uh, Goo Gone. What do you think? Yeah, Goo Gone makes a few different products, including one specifically for latex paint. I think mm -hmm. it's just called latex paint remover. Um, but what I would try first is get a cotton ball or a white cotton cloth. It has to be white because you don't want to stain anything. Mm -hmm. And soak it in rubbing alcohol. Just regular old rubbing alcohol. Might as well just try that because that will often, it might take a little, few minutes, but it'll often loosen up that paint. Now, she said slop that on. I'm hoping these are just like little dabs of paint. It's not yeah, like a exactly. huge streak of paint. But anyway, I would try that first. Then if you had to, then you'd have to go to a paint remover. Mm -hmm. All right. Another quick email here. Luann in uh, Wisconsin. Not long ago, you gave a tip on what to use to slightly raise your outdoor porch and deck mats to get air underneath for quicker drying. But I don't remember what the tip was, so I knew that you could mention it again. We're getting new flooring installed and could even use some suggestions for what to look for in a mat that would help keep the rain and dirt and leaves and snow and so forth out of there. Uh, I want it to all stay outside. We certainly will miss you too on the radio and wish oh, you a you. wonderful retirement. Well, Luann, thank you very much for that. And We'll miss and, you too, Luann. And, and Joe, what um, she's talking about, I believe, is um, I'm trying to think of what what was it that you put under that mat it was something some kind of ceiling grid something I yeah can't remember. that's you exactly remember that right danny that was a wow that was like a simple solution from about 20 years ago I know and it. yeah we used a uh, plastic seal it's actually i think they're called return air grills or egg crate grills they go in in the ceilings of suspended ceilings um they're a panel and they're white plastic and they're called egg crate egg crates because they just look like i'm not exactly sure why but they're just little squares of plastic like square holes essentially and it's only about a, what is it danny half inch high and we put that down we screwed that down first and we put the door mat on top um, but I'll tell you what I've been using that is even easier is they make 
specifically now make, I don't know if they had been making them 20 years ago, but they specifically make doormats that hold water. The, one, the ones that I use are from L.L. Bean and they're called uh, water hogs. And they're just, they look like regular doormats, but they have a perimeter around them that, that prevents any water or melted snow from leaking off of them. Um, and there are other manufacturers. I bought one at Costco not too long ago um, that does the same thing. And it's amazingly effective. They're solid rubber on the bottom, so nothing leaks through, so it doesn't get wet. We're going to take a short break here on today's Homeowner Radio. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the importance and simplicity of draining a water heater. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. To today's homeowner radio. Here are Danny and Joe. We're always so glad to be with you each and every week, and we appreciate all the wonderful emails we received this week. We'd love to hear from you at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This one's a pretty interesting one because uh, we talk about this a lot over the years. Um, this is from uh, Mark in Virginia. It says, 10 years ago, I had a gas water heater installed in my home. I've um, never drained the unit, and I'm wondering, should I just leave it alone or have it serviced by a local plumber? Thank you. Well, well, Mark, uh, we always recommend once a year to drain your water heater. Um, now, tankless water heaters are a little different, but regular, the majority of the homes in the United States have tanked water heaters. So the reason you want to drain them from time to time is they get a, quite a bit of sediment down in the bottom part of it that will affect how efficient it is and could actually lead to it deteriorating a lot quicker than it should. So it's very, very simple. I mean, it's as, as simple as whether you have an electric or gas, turn either one of those off to the water heater, hook a hose right to that valve right at the bottom, take a water hose and run it directly to the outside. Of course, if you have a sprayer or whatever on it, take that off so that it's free to flow out of there. Then go back and turn the valve on so that it starts draining. And then you want to reach up on top with the pressure relief valve, open it up so that it, you know, prevents any kind of vacuum from forming in there. And then run outside and see what's coming out of your water heater. Because yeah, you'll be surprised. It's a, it's amazing. It'll be, you know, like a calcium, most of the time, calcium, you know, and you just wonder, that's in my water system? Yes, it is. It happens, but it's very easy to remedy. And uh, I, we, you know, when we used to talk about this a good bit, Joe, we had several yeah. people with feedback going, oh man, I'm glad I did that. It was unbelievable what came out of there. And Mark's been waiting 10 years, so I can imagine what's going to happen. And that's why we don't ever recommend pulling the hose and letting it run on your driveway or patio or anything like that, because it's not going to be clean water, and you don't want to have to now clean up a stained surface. Um, but yeah, I mean, you should do it at least yearly. And not only was there, is there minerals and sediment and stuff in the water, but the inside of the tank um, might be corroding a little bit. You might see some rusty metal deposits coming out or, or the sacrificial rods, the anode rods, which are sacrificial elements, which you should also be replacing, by the way, they go down through the top of the tank. If there's anything in the water that's going to um, eat the inside, decay the inside of the tank, it'll eat these rods first. So, so the hot water tank will last longer. So all that should be done. Um, but certainly his question is, should I leave it alone or have service by a plumber? Well, you should not leave it alone and you could have a, call a plumber to do it. But as Danny described, and if you go to todayshomeowner.com, you can see videos and step-by-step -step instructions on exactly how to do it yourself. And as he said, yeah. it's pretty quick and easy. That's right. Yeah. You, and you'll, 
understand the reason why it's important when you see what comes out of that hose. Here's another email from Andy in Georgia. I have an 8 by 10 foot area between a screen porch and my fence. One end opens to the yard and the other end is right up against the house. We had it covered with two by sixes on a frame just to store the grill and the flower pots, but it's got to be replaced now. And I want to use some rocks for that area. And what kind of rocks would you suggest? Quickrete has a product that is pretty affordable and I like the look of it. Any suggestion would be appreciated. Uh, got to be a little cost conscious on this. Don't blame me on that, Andy. And well, you know, there's a lot of things you can, um, you know, create a little border around it with maybe like, a, you know, one by fours or two by four treated. And then you can put a variety of things in there. Gravel will work pretty well, allows it to drain well. Um, what you might be thinking about with Quickrete is actually paver base. It's the same material that you put down and compact it before you put pavers on. We've actually created patios with it without putting pavers on, with the idea being you can put it down pretty simple, pretty inexpensively, and then you can always put pavers on top of it later once the budget and time allows you to do it. So several different ways that you can go on that. And um, Joe, uh, you know, of course, a lot of times people like the pea gravel, other people right, like yeah. the larger gravel. It's just really a personal preference. Yeah, I was thinking of the of the quickrete paver base as well for that exact same reason. And plus, if you want to be, you know, keep the cost down, you don't, you can put down the paver base, compact it, and then just use a few pavers, like maybe as a little around the perimeter or as That's a walking right. path mm -hmm. through it or something like that. Because mm -hmm. if you do the whole area, although what's he talking about, like 96 square feet, so it's not that much area, but you don't have to do, you don't have to put down all the pavers. Um, so that, that'd be another way. And then as, you know, your budget grows, you can just keep adding pavers because mm -hmm. it put something else down and then you don't like pea gravel. You don't really like it because it's getting kicked out. Mm -hmm. I, I got to take right, out the exactly. pea gravel yeah. and put something else in. Yeah, Right. Uh -huh. Good way to go. Another one here from Mary in Nevada. Um, I have a young maple tree and the bark is splitting at the base. What can I do to prevent further damage? Joe, I wonder what causes something like that. I saw a tree recently that um, three of them together and each mm -hmm. of them had these vertical splits down it as if it had been damage, but that wasn't the case. So uh, I was kind of curious about that to do some research on it. And this may be the same thing with this young maple tree. What do you think's happening there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it sounds like they're drying out or something uh -huh, like that. I don't uh -huh. think it's damaged because it wouldn't happen to all the trees. Um, but there is a solution for that, that um, arborists use. It's, a, it's like a three or four inch wide, looks like tape, basically three or four inches wide. And it's called either bark wrap or tree wrap or something like that. And it's pretty affordable. Like for less than $10, you can get a hundred foot roll of this stuff. And you basically just wrap it around the base of the tree, like maybe from the ground up a couple of feet, two or three mm -hmm. feet. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, and, and you're supposed to do this by the way, on any, any tree, young tree until it's at least three or four years old. And that will protect it. It'll keep diseases out and anything like that, bugs out. So that that's the reason you do that to protect it because it's not going to get better, and it can only it could certainly damage the tree. So get this bark wrap or tree wrap, and it sticks to itself, and um, mm -hmm. and th that definitely does work. Well, I tell you, we just planted a lot of plants here. Um, probably planted oh about uh, twenty five hollies and camellias, uh, five palm trees. My wife went out buying palm oh, trees. Oh, man, I can't wait to see the palm trees. Oh, there were no Lord. palm trees when I was there last year. Man, I mean, it's, the, these things are 25 foot tall. Wow. 
honey, uh, could you tell me how you think we're going to get that from that trailer <laughs> into that hole over there? Uh, well, we're going to hire someone, which we did. And yeah. um, and they put them all in. Of course, they had machinery that they could put it in there. But, man, I love palm trees. That just yeah, gives you a, 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 nice, a nice feel to them. They're low maintenance. You don't yeah. have to do a lot of watering on them once you get them established. And uh, I don't know, it just has a, has, a, has a fun feeling to it, especially living down here on the water and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. When I was a much younger man, I moved to Miami from Connecticut. I'd never been anywhere near the South, and I lived there for about four years, a little over four years. My vision of palm trees were like, you know, coconut palms. I went down there. I never realized there are hundreds of species of palm trees, and they're all beautiful. You're right. They're Mm -hmm. absolutely lovely to have on your property. Can't wait for you to come down and check them out. Hey, coming up, we've got Checking In with Chelsea, Chelsea Lipford-Wolf, to tell you all about a new project she's working on. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini. And joining us right now is Chelsea Lipford-Wolf with Checking In with Chelsea. Chelsea, I know you've been working with our friends at Duck Brand, getting ready to try to get everybody through this cold winter ahead. What are some tips that you came up with? That's right. I like to keep it simple when you're thinking about getting your house ready for winter. You don't have to do big things. Um, and so I have a new video online now at checkinitwithchelsea.com, and it breaks it breaks down. It's four tips to help your house just stay warmer this winter, and I break it down. The first one is where you're going to see the most return on your energy savings, and the last one is where you see the least return. But the first one I heard y'all mention earlier is about their window film kit, mm-hmm. which I have been fascinated by since I bought my first house and immediately saw the the savings on my energy bill. I ended up using mine during the summer, our hot summers in Alabama, but putting this on, putting it over a window with double stick tape and then like sealing it with a hairdryer is so fascinating to me. And basically have everything you need in the box and the kit that you buy from Duck Brand makes it so much easier. All you need is scissors and a hairdryer. And putting that on your old windows is going to save so much more money than you spend. It, it's so effective on that. I mean, and, and now they've gotten it to where it's so clear. I mean, it's plastic, yes. a, pla- a thin plastic film, but it's so clear you kind of forget um, that it's there. But, uh, yeah, that right. definitely is one that works very well. What else uh, do you have there on the tips? One of my other favorite things is socket sealers. Dad, I know you've used those before. Joe, I don't know if you have, but putting these on, you take off the cover of your outlet or switch on your exterior, the inside outlets that are on exterior walls that are exposed to, you know, the weather. Um, And then you take the cover off and put these socket sealers. It's like a little piece of foam. I call it a little blanket for your outlet. And then you put the cover back on. And you're just insulating all that air that comes around your outlets and your switches and um, keeping the cold air out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an easy one there, and I, I kind of always like. I know we did that on a project that we did for the television show. It's always fun to to get uh, the kids involved in that. You know, you want to be careful. You yeah. don't want them to stick their fingers in the outlet, but for them to take it out of the pack and help you place it and everything and explain what you're doing uh, is always a is always a good one. So socket sealers uh, is a second tip. Yeah, and then what I liked about the packaging of it is that for an average size home. All you need is one box. You're going to have enough for your all of your exterior walls in this one box, and they're universal now, so you can punch out the holes that you need. So you use the same one for an outlet or a switch. You just punch out the right hole so mm-hmm. that it fits um, perfect and snug. Mm-hmm. But um, the other thing is to look underneath your front door or your back door and see if you have a gap under your door. Um, just the wear and tear on those, the rubber seal underneath your door, um, you know, makes it disappear somehow. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you have a gap on your door, then bugs can get in, water can get in, and definitely cold drafts can come through and make you less comfortable in your own home. And so, um, Duck Brand has their rubber door bottom that is self-adhesive. And again, all you need is scissors to attach it, and it sticks to the inside of your door and creates that seal that you need to keep all of those bad things out of your house. You're right, Chelsea. People often overlook that, and your dad and I have often shared a a tip to our listeners that at night, get someone outside with a flashlight, close the door, get inside, get down on your hands and knees, and just look. Because sometimes yes. you can't tell exactly, and sometimes it's not across the whole door. Sometimes it's a bit of an angle where maybe by the hinges, it's nice and tight, but by the latch right. side, it's yes. up in the air. So that really works well with a, a bright flashlight on the outside. Yes. And then the, the seal you're able to, you know, install while it's closed, you're able to, if you do, if your door is you know leaning a little bit, you can have that seal match right. up the gap yeah. perfectly and not Very still good. have a gap when you're done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then my last tip is more decorative it is about putting down rugs if you have hardwood floors in case that wasn't obvious but the the energy saving hack is that you're you're going to be more comfortable your toes are going to be warmer if you have that soft surface on the floor and then theoretically you're going to be using less heat you're going to be able to keep your heat turned down a little bit more and then you're going to save a little bit of money all right. Those are some great tips, and you can find out more and see the videos that Chelsea has at checkinginwithchelsea.com. That's checkinginwithchelsea.com. You can also, any of the products that we're talking about here with Duck Brand, you really need to go to duckbrand.com and look at all of the things that are available. You can buy them right there online and go ahead and start making the difference right away. Chelsea, thanks so much for being with us today. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Chelsea. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, you know what time it is. It's simple solution time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluidmaster. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. We're kind of at the tail end of the show, but plenty of time for Joe to share with us another simple solution. Joe, what do you have for us? 
All right, Danny, the holiday season is upon us, which means a lot of people are going to be home cooking maybe more often than they usually are. And that also means using recipes and recipe cards and maybe um, articles cut out of newspapers of recipes. So here's how to keep recipes in sight, but off the countertop, because there's nothing worse than putting it on the countertop and you spill something on it or whatever, and then you, know, you can't see, um, you know, you smear the ink or whatever. So here's how to keep those recipes off the countertop. What you want to do is get a wooden clothespin. I'm going to start with a clothespin and drill a small hole through one end, the end that you pinch, the, like the handle end. Put one hole through there. Then you're going to screw it to the back of the face frame. If you look underneath your kitchen cabinet, the bottom of the cabinet's usually recessed up, you know, at least an inch, inch and a half, whatever. And so you're going to screw it to the back of the face frame in the front of the cabinet. And you want to tighten the screw just enough to create a little bit of friction. And what you want to do is just take the clothespin, swing it down so it's in a vertical position, clip your recipe card to the clothespin, and there it is, or the article or whatever it is. You can clip it to the clothespin, and it's hanging right there in front of you, so you can use it while you're preparing the meal. And then when you're done, you remove the recipe card, and because you tightened up that screw a little bit, you just pivot that clothespin back up behind the face frame, and you just leave it there. And it's completely out of the way. Yeah, how convenient. And, and, and you know, of course, a lot of people are using um, online you know, um, things there, online recipes and so forth. But the old family recipes are, like you say, are on cards and things like that. You don't want them to get wet or get in your way when you're putting everything together. So, yeah, I love that idea. Another good, simple solution from my buddy, Joe Truini. Hey, want to always remind you that you can see almost 600 episodes of the Today's Homeowner television show by going to many of our streaming platforms. We've got a lot of different places that you can see. Roku, Pluto, Freevee, LG TV. TV channel 476 is all today's homeowner 24 hours a day so to find out uh, where you can see the show right now you can go to today's homeowner.com slash stream so that you can find exactly where you can see the today's homeowner library and the shows are holding up well looking pretty well joe and i look a little different back in the old days but <laughs> it's only been 25 years <laughs> but uh anyway it makes a makes a big big difference in there and that's cool to, um you know some of the things we've talked about during this hour of the show, some of the weatherization things that you can do really are effective. And again, this is something that if you have an elderly parent, uncle, friend, neighbor, someone at church that you go with that you want to try to help them out a little bit, man, you can help them out so much by buying just a few of the Duck brand products. Head over there, and within an hour, you have made their house so much more comfortable for them as well as uh, allowing them to save money. It's really one of those gifts that will keep on giving over and over and over. And, of course, Thanksgiving holidays right around the corner. And, uh, Joe, I certainly hope you have a a great Thanksgiving and uh, uh, you'll be able to get your kids together, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think my daughter lives in Connecticut near us and um, my son's just in New York City. So, yeah, we'll be all getting together. Same with you. You have a whole gang, but they're not going to be at your house, right? You're going to be at your sister-in-law's? Yeah, sister-in-law Betsy loves to cook everything there and does a fantastic job. and. And we, she washes the dishes. This is cool. Wow. But anyway, we certainly appreciate you spending some time with us during this busy weekend. Hey, that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my co-host Joe Truini, our producer engineer Scott Gardner, and Brad Rogers and the whole Today's Homeowner family. Hoping you have a great weekend, a great Thanksgiving, and come back and be with us again next week. <laughs>